everything, everything, everything gonna be all right this morning. Live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette, here is the producer extraordinaire, Hannah Five Names, and your big, bald, beautiful host, Raymond Parts III, better known as RP3. Oh, you know who's dancing this morning? Scotty Scheffler. Man won his first major. He's had a hell of a last, I don't know, six to seven weeks. Went from not having won a single event on the PGA Tour to now winning, you know, four of them, including a major. (laughs) Scotty Scheffler with... The man on the bag from Opelousas, formerly Bubba Watson's caddy, got the job done at the Masters yesterday. What a weekend it was. Good morning. Welcome to RP3 and Company. I am your host, the big, bald, slightly sunburned, beautiful one, Raymond Parts III, better known as RP3. I'm joined here in the studio by someone who's extremely careful with the equipment, knows how to use it better than most, the producer extraordinaire, Hannah Five Names. Good morning, Hannah. Good morning. <laughs> how was your weekend? Um, it was fantastic. I loved it. I got to relax, like, all weekend. My Mariners lost so far just one game, but it's going to be okay. They're going to win today. I believe in them. There it is. There it is. So they went two for three over the weekend. Yes. There you go. You'll take that all day long. Yep. I will. You'll take that all day long. Lots to get to over the weekend. Astros wrapped up their series, opening weekend series against the Halos. They did extremely well, taking three or four from them. The LSU baseball team woke up and played its best weekend of baseball, period. Pitching, hitting, fielding. What you saw from the boys in purple and gold up in Stark Vegas is their potential. It's just how good they can be when they actually play to their potential. You haven't seen that potential all year. You saw it over the weekend in Stark Vegas as they swept Mississippi State. Speaking of sweeps, the Raging Cajuns, well, they did the same thing. Went on the road to Jonesboro, got their first sweep of the year, and they took a week that began with a humbling loss to Louisiana Tech, turned around, fought back, beat Tech in the second game, then went on the road, continued their road trip, and swept Arkansas State. They get to come back home now, having won four straight games. For the Cowboys at McNeese, not as good. They got swept 
Gave up like 36 runs in three games at UNO. Lots of activity on the diamond, not to mention the Raging Cajun softball team. They cruised. They got themselves a sweep over Troy. Tons of activity on the diamond, but it was also spring football. And we'll recap those for you as well. Because the Raging Cajuns held their spring game on Saturday, wrapping up their spring season. The Menise Cowboys did the same, both under first-year head coaches with Coach Dez and Coach Golf. We'll recap all of that coming up on today's show. Plus, NBA regular season in the books. Los Angeles Lakers are deciding to blame Frank Vogel for their issues. Not the fact that they constructed a roster that was flawed, and they had some superstars that just didn't want to give forth effort. Pelicans are in the play-in tournament. They're going to host. That's on Wednesday. They'll host the San Antonio Spurs in one of the play-in tournament games this coming Wednesday. So lots to get to, as always, on a Monday edition of RP3 and Company. Of course, we'll take your phone calls because we love to hear from you. Game hotline, 337-706-0111. That's 337-706-0111. Don't forget, we will crown at the end of the week a game changer of the week phone call. Last week was Jamie. Who will it be this week? Who's going to deliver the goods? Doug made a good run at it. Could it be Doug? Could it be halftime? Could it be James? We'll have to find out. You can listen to us, obviously, on your radio dial, but also on Google Home, on Alexa, and, of course, on the free game mobile app for both Android and Apple devices. And you can also catch us on the simulcast here in Acadiana on Stadium 32.3 and 133 on LUS Fiber. But we're going to start off today's show talking about the Masters. Scotty Scheffler, just wow. Just wow. Very rarely in golf does the number one ranked player in the world, or very rarely since Tiger held that position all those years ago, does the number one golfer in the world dominate majors. Usually what happens is that they'll place well at a major. Let's say they have a top five. Top five, top eight performance at a major. But they win like the John Deere Classic or the Texas Valero Open, something like that, right? So they pile up a couple other wins, and they are respectable at a major, but they don't dominate the majors. Scotty Shuffler said, eh, I don't think so. World's number one ranked golfer shot a one under par Sunday at the Masters to finish 10 under for the tournament. And he really had no competition. Cameron Smith shot one over par on Sunday. He was still a few strokes back even to begin with, so he was going to have to shoot low and hope hope that Scotty was going to falter. Neither one of those things happened. The low score on Sunday did belong to Rory McIlroy who was 10 strokes off the pace to begin the day. He went out there and tied the final round Masters record with an 8-under 64. 
The problem for Rory was he didn't golf that well the other three rounds or he would have actually completed the career Grand Slam. But it was good to see Rory come out and be aggressive, including that chip in on 18 to wrap up his round to get to eight under for the day. But he still finished three strokes back. Shot eight under, still finished three strokes back. Tiger Woods, which many golf fans, I'm talking to you, Matt Miguez, was dreaming would win the Masters. I told you it was going to be an accomplishment that he even got to play in it, and that if he made the cut, that would be a win, and he finished in the top 20. That would be an amazing accomplishment. Tiger's body started to break down on him, and he had some of the worst golf you've seen over the weekend as he shot back-to-back 78s on Saturday and Sunday to finish 13 over par way back in 47th place. So the fact that Tiger's back golfing, that's your story. Considering him to be a contender at major championships, just don't think that's very realistic. But the day in the weekend, let's be honest, belonged to Scotty Shelfer. He never seemed rattled. His tee shot on number one on Sunday did not land in the fairway. It landed in the pine straw. I mean, right off the bat, final round, trying to win the first major of his career. And his tee shot goes, woof, into the punch roll. He got up and down for birdie, by the way, on that hole. I, I knew then, I was like, oh, this guy's got, this guy's fine. This is his. Sometimes you see that with golf. Every once in a while, you'll get tricked. I think of Lefty at the U.S. Open when he has the U.S. Open in the bag and then he hits the tent on 17 and loses the U.S. Open. The only major he never won. But a lot of times you'll see a guy out there on the course and you're like, okay, it's his. And you felt that way watching Scotty Scheffler yesterday. I kept sneaking watching Scotty Scheffler because I took the wife on the Parade of Homes yesterday. So we were going to the Parade of Homes, and all the contractors and the builders, many of them had the Masters on the televisions. <laughs> inside, the per- inside the homes of the Parade of Homes. So I was like, oh, look, I get to watch the Masters. My wife just smiled. She goes, look, you get to watch some of it. I said, yes. Yes. Well, I'm trying to tell my daughter the whole time, don't touch things. This is a fancy home. Don't touch things. Scotty Scheffler, eight weeks ago. Let this wash over you for a second. Eight weeks ago, Scotty Scheffler had zero wins in 70 PGA Tour starts. Zero. Had never won a PGA Tour event. Ranked number 14th in the world. And had made in his career under a little under $9 million in career earnings. So, obviously, doing well for himself as a pro golfer, making money, but no wins, didn't get to hold up a big check, no trophies, and ranked outside the top 10 in the world. Scotty Shuffler, after yesterday's Masters, 
He's now won four wins and 76 PGA Tour starts, which means he's won four of the last six. That's how you propel to being number one in the world. Four of the last six, he now has $17.6 million in career earnings. <laughs> in a span of eight weeks, he's nearly doubled his career earnings. He's won four of six tournaments, ranked number one in the world. Oh, and now he is the Masters champion. Masters champion. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. What a great run here by Scotty Scheffler. How much longer is he going to be able to have this go on? I don't know. I mean, that's a hell of a run to be on. Right? I mean, (laughs) it's just... It's a heck of a run. I mean, he went from just being a good golfer to dominating the tour, winning four of his last six events, including slipping on the green jacket. And how about Ted Scott? Ted Scott's from Opelousas. Ted Scott was the longtime caddy for Bubba Watson, including when he won the Masters. Him and Bubba parted ways. Scotty Shuffler's team reached out to him. And now Scott was on the bag for another major championship and has made a huge difference for Scotty Shuffler. So, yeah, we got an Acadiana connection to the Masters champion. What? Congratulations to Scotty Shuffler. Congratulations to Ted Scott on being on the bag for the major championship victory. We got to take a timeout. More RP3 and company coming up right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. There are some hosts that talk like they know everything, but you don't have to worry about our guy, RP3. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. That's because he never knows what he's talking about. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. Back to the show in the know. RP3 and company on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Uh, The NBA playoffs mean next-level basketball. Get ready for all the action by betting the play-in tournament with DraftKings Sportsbook and an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can bet $5 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets instantly. You clinch a win no matter what. All DraftKings Sportsbook customers can also bet on NBA hoops with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. Plus, for each day of the play-in, get a risk-free bet up to $10 if your same-game parlay does not hit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now. Use promo code 1037GAME. Bet $5 on any NBA team to win their game during the play-in tournament and get $150 in free bets instantly. That's promo code 1037GAME at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. 
availability does vary by parish. Eligibility restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for full terms and conditions. Scotty Scheffler wins the Masters. First major win for him, and he is no one's hotter in golf right now. Won four of his last six events. Of course, he's got Scott now on the bag for him. The gentleman from Opelousas who helped Bubba Watson win major championships, plural. Scotty's on top of the world. The LSU Tigers and the UL Raging Cajuns baseball teams are on top of the world right now as well. Both played to their potential this past weekend. To their potential. They got sweeps. They swept the competition. What? What just happened? Let's start with LSU. Josh Pearson yesterday, homer twice. Recorded five RBIs. That's always a good day at the dish when you got five RBIs. To lead LSU to a 13-3 shellacking of Mississippi State. Went into Stark Vegas and said, uh, we know you guys are the defending national champs. It's great and all. Appreciate you having the trophy. Um, but, yeah, this is our place now. Yeah, that we own you. Like we've traditionally always done. This is us. We're LSU. We're going to flex up. And, yeah, that's exactly what they did. Went in there, swept the Bulldogs. They improved to 23-9 and overall. Now 7-5 and in the SEC. The SEC West is an absolute crapshoot, by the way. Look at the standings. Everyone's like around seven and five or six and six. The East, Tennessee's running away with it. And then there's everyone else. Vols have not lost an SEC game yet, by the way. But LSU, 23 and nine overall, seven and five in SEC play. First series sweep since I do believe 2019 for LSU. First Conference series sweep by LSU since 2019. And you did it against the defending national champs. Now, they'll take on Lamar tomorrow night, Tuesday night, 6.30 first pitch. You can listen to the game. Lamar at LSU right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. And you wonder if this is going to allow them to turn a corner. It should, right? you just swept the defending national champs in their place, by the way. And it wasn't like you did so in dramatic fashion on Sunday to get the sweep. You crushed their face 13 to three. So this is the team. Is this the team that we're going to see? Because the problem for LSU has been they're wildly inconsistent. The team that we saw drop the first game to Florida but then win that series and Florida was number nine. Then come back and lose the series Auburn. Now they've gone to Starkville and swept Mississippi State 5-2 on Friday, 4-3 on Saturday. So they won the two close games and then wrapped up it with a soul-crushing defeat. Handed the Bulldogs that. Said, hey, no more close games. But the pitching was right over the weekend. Even though Blake Money gave up that leadoff home run on Saturday, 
Hilliard was good. Blake Money was good. The back end of the pitching was really good this past weekend. And they weren't all that sloppy with the glove work. They played to LSU's potential. They played to the LSU standard this weekend. And they swept the defending national champs. Can they keep this on? Can they continue to be this good and be consistent? That's the big question mark now for LSU. We see what their potential is. We know they can hit. The pitching is starting to come around. They just went on the road to Stark Vegas, got the sweep. Can they now be consistent? Because they'll come back home for that game against the Fighting Cardinals of Lamar. Shout out Beaumont. And then they have to go back on the road for a three-game set before Easter weekend at Arkansas. And then after that, a week from tomorrow, will be the Wally Pontiff Foundation Classic when the Raging Cajuns come to town to take on the Tigers. That's a week from tomorrow, by the way. That's a big deal. Speaking of those Cajuns, I mentioned it earlier, the week began with a disappointing defeat where they walked 10 batters, gave up five runs off those 10 walks to La Tech on Tuesday night. They came back, <laughs> excuse me, fought back, beat La Tech on Wednesday to split the series. And Louisiana Tech's a good team. Louisiana Tech beat LSU twice. And then went on the road to a place that's always been kind of tricky for them, right? It's always been tricky. Jonesboro, Arkansas, it doesn't matter what the sport is, really. It doesn't. It's always tricky for the Cajuns, whether it's playing up there in basketball or football or baseball. It's always, Jonesboro is a tough place to play. And even though the Red Wolves aren't very good this year, the Cajuns, like the Tigers, have lacked consistency. They've looked really great at times, and then they've looked pubble. That's the reality. We got that consistency. They go up to Arkansas State. They sweep the Red Wolves as well. Now UL has improved to 18 and 14 overall. They're a little above 500 now. A few games. They're starting trending in the right direction. They're 7 and 5 in conference play. Once again, consistency has been their issue, right? This is the same team that took two or three from a pretty good University of Houston's Cougar team and then got swept by Troy and then lost to Nichols and then turned around and took two of three, one of them in extra innings against South Alabama, who was ranked right outside the top 25. And you're like, hello. But they started turning a corner right around that time. That lost to Nichols. They come back. They take two or three from South Al. They beat Southeastern Louisiana again. They take two or three from Georgia Southern. They split with La Tech this past weekend. And then they sweep Arkansas State. And they set the tone right off the bat. Friday's game was 10 nothing. That's a shutout. In your face. In your face. Then they win a hard-fought game 5-3 to three on Saturday. And then they win a crazy one yesterday in extra innings where wind played a role in some miscues by Arkansas State. And the Cajuns took full advantage of it. 
for the 7-4 win in 10 innings. Jonathan Brandon scored the go-ahead run on a wild pitch in the top of the 10th. Cajuns go on to win 7-4. That gave UL its first Sunbelt Conference Series sweep of the season. And now the Cajuns host McNeese on Tuesday. First pitch, 6 o'clock. As the Cajuns welcome in the Cowboys. And the Cowboys... Not the weekend they were hoping for. They went down and took on the privateers of the University of New Orleans and got crushed. Cowboys were outscored 31-16 to in the three-game sweep. McNeese now drops to 16-16 and overall and 3-6 and in league play. I told you on Friday how big, how important a series this was going to be because the Southland was wide open and McNeese was right there with UNO. But UNO just crushed them. Wasn't even close. So, Cowboys come to town wounded. Probably going to be a little pissed off. But if you're the Cajuns, you got to maintain. You got bigger fish to fry, so to speak. So, Cowboys, Cajuns, tomorrow night at the Teague. Then the week after that, the Tuesday after that, Cajuns at Tigers at Alex Box Stadium. What? Some marquee matchups right there. But we got to take a timeout. We have a poll question of the day. Shall we unveil it now or show? No, you know what? We're going to wait. I'm going to let the producer extraordinaire, Hannah Five Names, unveil it when we come back out of this timeout before we start diving into spring foosball. We'll have her unveil the poll question of the day. You're listening to the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. RP3 is known across Acadiana as a master of the English language. You look at all the guys that they got. Clinton Anukoraru, Oof. And I don't know how to pronounce this young man's name. TJ Falola. More like a master of broken English, that is. They also added an inside linebacker, Casey Wasawi. These names are killing me, man. I even practiced <laughs> last night. Me fail English? That's impossible. Now back to that silky smooth delivery of RP3 and company on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Me, oh, my, crawfish pie. Producer extraordinaire Hannah, five names. In the house, in the hizzy, as they like to say. We have a poll question of the day. Would you like to unveil it to all the people out there listening? If I, Oh, I can hear myself now. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> you love a good mic. That's me a certain spot to speak. So, 
I didn't make it really a question. That's my fault, but you know, it's fine. But not a strong start. <laughs> not great. a strong start. But as always, this is the Monday, so we have four options for our dance break song of the week. Which one you will decide? Apparently, already people don't want to decide any of them. They do not like our songs we picked this week, and I say I don't like that. So it's six thirty-eight. You're already passing I know. judgment. People already say they don't like our our answers. Wow. So wow. Our four answers, in case you don't like them anyways. Keith Frank's Casanova, Naughty by Nature's Hip Hop Harangue, Yeah by Usher, Thank You Mr. Green, and You're Welcome from Moana. <laughs> Go vote on the poll question of the day. Winning right now, though, is Keith Frank's Casanova by 46%, and then the rest of it all have 18%. Like, 18.2 exactly. Well, let's get those votes going. Keep those votes coming. Leave your comments on Facebook and Twitter as well. Please. Just keep it clean for the kids, shall we? Is that so much to ask? Is that so much to ask? Five names? Do we have any comments? We do have comments, and all of the comments are ones that are not our answers. Uh, <laughs> JPK, the OD, says none of the above. How about a little old school MJ? And I don't know all of the songs, so I can't tell exactly which song this is because the little words that are right there, I don't know that song. Um, then we have Getting Jiggy With It from Tom on Twitter. There we go. And then Darren came with Should that Jam be, she- On It from Nucleus. Should that be changed to getting slappy with it? <laughs> See what I did there? There you go. That's so keep, funny. Keep those votes coming. Keep your comments going on Facebook and Twitter. Just make sure you keep it clean for the kids. We want to know what song should we have our dance extravaganza celebration spectacular. <laughs> Or what song love that we... word spectacular. <laughs> you know, we just add things. It's fine. It's so fine. What it's we, fine. What do we do if like there's two songs that are like tied for first? What we'll do we dance do? to both of them. What if they don't match together? Do you like it's like separate songs? Yeah. We'll oh. just have to dance twice. I said we do a What's wrong with that? Rock, paper, scissors. Dance break song of the week. Go vote on that. That's the way it was worded by the producer extraordinaire, so that's what I'll have to say now moving forward. Dance break song of the week. That's what it is, though. Let's go and talk spring football. Raging Cajuns. I'm sorry, do you not want to talk spring football? No, it's fine. Because you just did a big heavy <laughs> sigh into the microphone. So it's obviously, obviously you're about, indicating to all the football. listeners <laughs> that you don't want to talk. You want to keep talking the dance off. You're running in front of me today and judging me, and I'm not here for it. Who's yeah, judge, let's, who's let's, you are. How but am I judging you? But let's talk about football. Let's talk about Coach Des and five million other people that Matt and me guys talked to this weekend. <laughs> the spring game was held on Saturday. And for both the Raging Cajuns and the Cowboys of Big D's. And they wrapped up their spring seasons. Both of them are first year coaches, which interesting enough. And we'll start with the Cajuns. And, look, I I never pay attention to the scores of these things because they're scrimmages. And it's springtime scrimmages at that. And on top of it, you have so many guys out that are injured and whatnot. 
So it's kind of, eh. But what you want to see, what you want to pay attention to is how the offense is executing, how things are looking, how does the defense look, do they pursue the ball very well, do the wide receivers getting open, are they not dropping ball? Those are the things that you're kind of looking for from a spring game. And Coach Dez was asked straight up, did he believe that the spring season, his first at the helm of the Raging Cajuns, was a good one, a successful one? Well, I mean, I think it's all relative. You know, I mean, success is relative, right? You know, I mean, there's some years, I used to say this all the time, you know, when you're coaching, there's some years you're going to have a team and you go seven and five, and that might be the best coaching job you've ever done in another year where you go 10 and two and you've screwed it up, you know, the two games that you lost. So I think success is always relative. For us, you know, the thing that we asked them to do was get better every day, and we asked them to improve, and we asked them that we wanted to be way better day 15 than we were day one, and that's where we're at. So that's why it was successful for us. And, um, you know, our definition of success is, you know, you start where you start, but you got to climb the ladder, and you got to get better every day. Now that the spring season is in the books, Coach Dez was also asked, are there any positions – that he feels needs some extra work? Well, I think we all do, you know. Um, there's a lot of time between now and September, and, um, you know, I wouldn't sit here and say that we're comfortable with exactly where any group is, and nor should any kid on this team feel like they're where they want to be. Um, you know, if you do it right, you've never really made it. Um, you know, you, you're constantly chasing, you know, perfection, and you're constantly trying to get better. So um, every single one of our groups needs to continue to get better, um, and we will. We're going to... We're going to go back through the spring. We're going to inventory everything. We're going to have meetings with our players. We're going to tell them the things they did well, the things they need to improve on. We're going to give them a plan to improve on the things they need to improve on. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll work our tails off this summer so that whenever we hit fall camp, you know, we'll, uh, we'll be further ahead than where we are today coming off the field. Who's going to be the quarterback? That's been the big question for the Raging Cajuns. Levi Lewis has left. He graduated. He was a team captain, four-year starter. Pretty big shoes to fill there. Chandler Fields has been the backup for a while, but Ben Woolridge, a transfer from a couple years ago, they're very high on as well. And this is what Coach Dez had to say about this quarterback race. I think it's always hard to base it off of one day. I thought both of them operated well within the system. You know, obviously, I think Ben had some flashier plays out there and really made some really nice decisions in the run game as far as when to pull it, when to throw it. But sitting from where I was behind them, it looked like they both operated really well within the system that we were trying to run. So, you know, going out, you know, coming out of the spring game, I wouldn't be in here ready to, you know, make any kind of decision until we get to the tape and do all that stuff. And, you know, from where I was sitting, they both operated really well. And like I said, for the last two years, it's been one guy's better this day, one guy's better the next day a little bit. So, you know, today, um, you know, Ben certainly had more plays that led to points and explosives, um, but there's a lot more to it, you know, than just a couple of plays. So, you know, we'll get into it and see, but I thought both those guys played really well, you know, and I thought the young guys, you know, executed well at times, and sometimes it got a little bit big, a little bit fast, which, you know, I, I understand, you know, I mean, we asked them to, to do a lot. So, it, look, it's going to come down to Chandler Fields and Ben Woolridge. Those are your two guys. They're going to be quarterback. <clears throat> and they'll have a battle during fall camp. Uh, if Lance stick, sticks around, I could see him being used in kind of like a Taysom Hill capacity. But it's going to come down to Fields and Woolridge as your two quarterbacks. 
And we got to hear from both of those young men as well after Saturday's spring game. And Fields was asked, what is what has the quarterback competition this spring been like for him? It's been pretty awesome. I love competing. I love I've always loved competition. So I mean, it's nothing different since I've been a freshman here. I've been competing ever since I've been here in the QB room. And I think it's not really about the QBs competing. I think it's just about the team getting better. You know, last couple of years, Chandler's been the backup to Levi. And he was asked, you know, this spring, now that Levi's not here, and obviously the, the starting job's up for grabs, how much different is it has, has this spring been, say, compared to last year's? I think this spring was more, I don't know how to say it, it was a better spring because coach gave us more leeway with what we did on the field. Like, it wasn't like, oh, you can't do this or you can't do that. Like, it's go make plays, you're a playmaker. So do what you do, do what you were recruited to do. So I think it was a lot better. Look, Chandler's not afraid to to chuck it. I mean, <clears throat> you, we know how the coaching staff felt about him because even when he would come in, if Levi had his helmet knocked off in a game or had to come out for a play, they bring Chandler in. It wasn't like, okay, just hand the ball off. They let him throw. Now, Woolworth is pushing him, which is a good thing. I like the open competition, especially when you're having to replace a four-year starter at quarterback. Woolworth is in the mix. And, you know, obviously he didn't win the backup job last year. Now he has the opportunity to become the starting quarterback. What are some of the things that he's been working on in the last year or so to improve? Yeah, I think I've improved everywhere, whether it's understanding the offense better, getting better quality time with your teammates, because that's the biggest thing. As a quarterback, you got to be able to correlate and be able to have a relationship with everybody on the team. It doesn't matter if it's the center, the right guard, or if it's the corner, starting corner like Trey Amos or anybody like that. you got to be able to relate to them or if it's a coach. So I think just – Getting better in every aspect, whether it's life, football, it comes down to little things, little things every day that kind of add up, and they'll tremendously help in the long run. They'll tremendously help in the long run, and it makes a lot of sense for him. It does. I still think it's an open uh, competition at quarterback between Fields and Woolridge. They'll battle it out in the fall. I think Coach Dez and his staff are going to be happy with either one of those young men. And they'll move forward. I think you can't go wrong with either one of those guys. But spring's giving you kind of a taste of things to come. That's going to be an open competition in the fall. They weren't the only team that wrapped up spring on Saturday. They're not the only team that has a quarterback competition. McNeese does as well. We'll talk about that next coming up after this timeout. You're listening to the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Lafayette Marble and Granite is the South's largest cultural marble factory, and they pride themselves on earning your business. Look, LMG, you already know, they provide the show-stopping marble countertops for your kitchens and your bathrooms. But what about that outdoor entertainment space? Saw a lot of great outdoor entertainment spaces yesterday during the Parade of Homes. They can transform your back patio area, your outdoor space, 
into luxurious, great, entertaining spaces. You want people to come over, watch the big game this fall, watching LSU, watching Cajuns, watching McNeese, then you need to reach out to my friends over at Lafayette Marble and Granite because they're going to take care of you. They're going to transform your entertaining space into something else, another level, mind you. Go visit their website, lmgelite.com. That's lmgelite.com to learn more about all the sensational services and what products they have to offer. Live inventory is updated every Wednesday. Visit lmgelite.com or stop by their showroom located on I-49, north across from Hub City Ford, Lafayette, Marlboro, and Granite. They're looking to earn your business, and trust me, earn it, they will. Let's talk a little McNeese football, shall we? They had their spring game as well. Quarterback competition, Walker Wood, who has lined up at quarterback and at wide receiver since being at McNeese, started his career off at the University of Kentucky. He's competing with Vitek transfer Knox Kadem. Both looked pretty good during Saturday's spring game. But all that being said, Coach Gary Goff is not making a decision at quarterback yet. Knox Kadem, though, he was asked a multitude of questions afterwards. And he asked, you know, what about what are they going to do now that spring football is over? Because coaches can't have any communication with them until they report for camp. Well, they're going to keep working at it. Coming Monday, we'll take uh, the rest of the day, enjoy this with our family if they're here, uh, enjoy tomorrow off, and then we'll just start doing our own thing with just coming out here, running through plays, uh, just running routes on air together. Um, since they can't be out here with the coaches, uh, we'll just have a game plan script up based off something we've done during practice, and uh, we'll come out here and run plays. So they're going to keep working at it. They're going to keep working at it. And the same kind of mindset is held by Cordell Williams, linebacker from Karen Crow. You know, the defense has been hobbled with injuries. They don't even have enough guys playing in the secondary. You know, they still got to recruit some guys, still got to get some guys in there. But that's not going to stop Cordell getting the younger guys to be working on things and making sure those young guys have the right mindset when they come into the program. You know, younger players going to have to look at the people that's in front of them. Whenever they get here that's already in front of them, they're going to have to pick up where they left off. You know, you see a guy in front of you that's playing and he's established already, you got to kind of jump on his back and do whatever you see him doing, making sure that you coming along fast enough to help us by the time. And Cordell was also asked, you know, what is he going to do and what are they going to make sure to do this offseason before reporting for fall camp just to get back on track and to be better and be better further along than they have been in the last couple years that have been impacted by hurricanes? You know, we just got to make sure that we're getting healthy. We got a few guys in the training room that's, that's key key players in our defense, so we just need to make sure we all healthy, make sure that we all getting back ready in our playbook, make, making sure that we're not taking a step back over the offseason, over this break, making sure that we're staying on it, keep keep going forward, and then making sure that everybody, you know, we just got to get together, really, build some right. chemistry up. Defense is interesting to me because they do have some players coming back, and, and Cordell's going to be there anchoring kind of the linebacking core. What are they going to do? They converted one of their quarterbacks, the former Lake Charles College prep star, young guy. They put him at DB in the game. They got some issues there. And Coach Goff's even talked about how they're going to have to recruit those positions and everything like that. So 
Defense is going to be a work in progress. Offense, though, you could tell there's a difference. As someone who watched the last two seasons of McNeese football under Frank Wilson, the offense looked far crisper, a little bit better tempo now under head coach Gary Goff, who runs a variation of the air raid system. You could tell that they had picked it up and that the offense is kind of headed the defense there. So it'll be interesting to see what this team looks like in the fall. But the first spring is in the books for both Coach Dez with the Cajuns and Coach Golf with the Cowboys. We'll talk to Coach Gary Golf later on today, 8.30. He's going to join us live talking about his first spring at the helm of the Cowpokes. That's going to do it for hour number one. Hour number two coming up. You're listening to Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette, here is the producer extraordinaire, Hannah Five Names, and your big, bald, beautiful host, Raymond Parts III, better known as RP3. back to rp3 and company was i trying out the robot moves possibly i like dancing in the studio because first of all i like to dance i'm not very good at it but i like to second of all every time i dance it elicits an expression of either confusion irritation or just annoyance by Hannah Five Names. So that alone is worth the price of admission, as they like to say. Good morning. Welcome back to RP3 and Company. I'm <clears throat> Raymond Parts III, better known as RP3. I'm in a great mood this morning. It's Monday. We're starting off the week strong. I'm joined in the studio by the surly one, Hannah Five Names. Hi, guys. Why are you so surly this morning? What's up with that? It's Monday. It's the first day of the week. We're back. We're talking to our people. They're commenting on the poll question. They're voting on the poll question of the day, one that you came up with. I mean, how is this not a good thing? You're going to go bowling tonight. It's a holiday week. Easter's coming up this weekend. Like, I, I don't understand. Why are you so surly this morning? And I'm dancing. The big fella is dancing for you. Because it's the one week of the month that I can't stand as a woman. So I don't feel good. Okay. My stomach hurts. It's fine. Doing great. Thanks for sharing. I'm here to be with you. <laughs> Can you at least tell the people about the poll question of the day? I can. can. you muster the energy and put on I, a happy face I, for that? Smile. Yay. <clears throat> so our poll question of the week. What is our, our dance break song of the week? So we have Keith Frings Casanova, which I'll start at the break because I'm not sure I know it 100%, but I think I do. 
Uh, naughty by nature's hip hop hooray, which I don't think I know at all. What? I might. Listen, I don't know. He's leaving me now. Great. Bye. Have a good day. Bye. He has left the building. Peace out, sucker. So, uh, a third option is Yeah by Usher. Thanks, Mr. Green. And then you're welcome for Moana because I want a Disney because we had a Disney, like, moment last week. How do you not collective. know? Ke I'm going to stop you right there. How do, you not know, how do you not know Keith Frank's Casanova, first of all? Second of all, how do you not know Naughty by Nature's Hip Hop Hooray? Like I said, I've said this multiple times to you, and you don't listen to it. So I'm telling you again. I will probably know these both of these songs. I probably will. But do I know songs by their name and their artist? Most of the time, I do not. Mm -hmm. I sing the whole entire mm -hmm. song and still don't know who sings it or what it's called. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you, you know what I'm hearing right now? I'm hearing excuses. But not excuses. I was telling you. I'm hearing excuses. I'm hearing excuses. No way right now. Five names. I'm, I'm, I'm going to give you a piece of advice, okay? What? The excuses that you're having right now. Not excuses. You're making excuses, okay? Excuses. Not. <clears throat> Look, if you want to be a champion in bowling. I'm not going to be, but sure. Go ahead. You got to take that excuse making that you're doing right now. I'm not making Leave it excuses. Off the door. Before you walk into the lanes tonight oh for God. bowling and league, you better take <laughs> the excuses and leave them at the door. I'm not making excuses. I'm just stating facts. No. Nope. That I am not the best at remembering the names of the You're songs. You're not and the best at remembering names of the songs because you don't want to be no. the best. Okay, sure. Put your mind you to it. You know what I want to be happen. the best at? Put your the, mind to it, it'll happen. Do you know what I'm trying to do, though? I'm trying to be the best at finding the best birthday song to play for our homeboy, the afternoon producer and co host of Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh, James Mesh. His no. birthday is today. No, I don't care about that. You don't care about his birthday? Wow, you hear that, James? Turn the big 22 and Ray does not care. I don't care about my own birthday. Why would I care about anybody else's? The only birthday I care about is my wife's and my daughter's. I don't care about anybody else's birthday. Sorry. Everyone will get over it. You need to be less focused on what James Mesh and what you're doing for James Mesh and his birthday. Be more focused on making this show excellent. I am. I'm going to say it's been excellent the whole time, so your problem is nothing. Okay. Where do we stand on the poll question of the day? So, in first uh, is Keith Frank's Casanova at 38%. Okay. Followed by Yeah by Usher at 21%. I see. Oh, wait. Just kidding. It's Naughty by Nature's Hip Hop Parade. That's at 25%. The reading <laughs> off the screen is difficult for us today, <laughs> is it? See, see the 20.8, you round up to 21, is three digits. So I went three digit, three digit, and I skipped that little small digit one. So 25% is, is Naughty by Nature's Hip Hop Parade. 21% is Yeah by Usher. And 17% is You're Welcome from Moana, because people hate Disney, apparently. I'm going to go ahead and say thank you for uh, sharing that. I'm going to go ahead and give you a bless your heart is what I'm going to give you for today so far. This you is not get, a good day. For you get a fine. bless your heart. Bless your heart, darling. <laughs> That's what you're getting today. <laughs> so these comments, though. So, uh, so Brad Newell. Shout out to Brad. Yeah. He says, uh, Footloose, it's literally about dancing. <laughs> I mentioned Footloose a lot on the show, too. 
um, on the face of books, the book of face, uh, we have Mr. Martin. Martin thinks we are still doing dance competition. He says, wait, another dance competition? RB3, just face it. Five names is the reigning, defending, undisputed champ. Like I said Friday, roll out the red carpet and sound the trumpet for her and get her a title belt because you're on her island now. Hashtag acknowledge her. I do acknowledge her. Also acknowledge <laughs> she struggles reading. It's fine. And Jude Miller, they push a comment of Casanova for sure. There we go. So keep those votes coming. Keep your votes coming as well. And let's uh, let's keep saying bless that heart to Hannah Five Names today. So, she needs it. Um, how was how was your uh, parade of homes, Ray? Find a new home in the parade of homes. Can you go stay there. <laughs> Can I go stay there? Oh, oh wow, wow. Hey, hey, hey. I'm what? not the one. I'm not the one that doesn't know artists. I'm not the one that is struggling with reading this morning and doesn't want to be here. That's you. That's you. I want to crawl back into my bed. That is you. And just look, curl look, up with my dog. You like may that. have won the dance competition, but I'm here. I'm dedicated to our listeners. I am. Am I, am I not here? Them. Am I not here? Am I absent? It's are so, you running the show by yourself? It's so easy to poke the No, bear. no, it's you so, are not. It's so easy. It's so easy with you. Did you make the clips? No, you did not. It's so easy to Did poke you forget the bear. to send your soundbite until 8 o'clock at night, the night before our show, because you only send the video clips on Saturday? Yes, yes, you did. Mm. You, you, you want to go down this path, do you? No. You, wanna, yeah. you sure? <laughs> you sure? You want to think about that for a second? You wanna, yeah, that's what I thought. But I am proud of you. You sent your rundown and your two-minute drill script last night, and I'm proud of you for that. Thank you. Baby steps. Yep. Baby steps. Steven asked me, did you get your rundown last night? I said, yeah, I did. Because last time just him. I like, oh. I actually sent I sent the rundown twice, once to Everyone. you and then once to once to Steve. Everyone I just wanted, gets it. I wanted Steve to be included because <laughs> I feel like Steve's being left out of things. It's perfectly fine. Steve is doing Yes, the parade of homes was quite lovely. Awesome. Went uh went, you know, Lafayette Marble Granite's one of the sponsors. My wife's real estate company is one of the sponsors. Uh one of the, one of the sponsors. So we went, never been. So we had church yesterday. Uh, it was Palm Sunday at church, so Hattie got to uh, walk around and be part of that. She got to hold up palm trees. Plus, she was the acolyte. She was one of the acolytes at our church, so she has to light the candles. And then I served as one of the narrators because we did a katana yesterday during Palm Sunday service. We had a like an orchestra come, um, a string it's quartet, rather. Very it was. It was very. I had, I had to wear my sport coat. So <laughs> at church. So after that, then we went and did the Parade of Homes. And I've never took part in this. And my wife never had uh, either. It was, uh, wow. It was like every home you go into, it was like, wow. Could I, could we do this at our house? That, that's that's what the, the day entailed yesterday. Were they was. like Ikea perfect houses? Oh, they were perfect. They, they, they had everything. Now, some of them weren't even finished. Like some of them still had work being done in them and they had signs up sorry for our you know uh, our progress but we had to go everywhere there was a map so there was a total of 12 of them we did not hit all 12 we got seven of the 12 hmm. 
And we saw 7 to 12. So it's like going out to Youngsville, Broussard, Lafayette, Scott, Karen Crow. It wasn't like a neighborhood thing. It was like a, you go to different places around the Cadiana. Correct. They were all oh, okay. around the Cadiana. So different builders, different contractors were involved, different real estate companies were involved, that kind of thing. Now, we did go to a couple of them that were like side by side or in the same neighborhood okay. because that made it easier, right? Right. So you just park and then you go to one. So it's just like you, you just walk through and just these houses, man. I was just like, what? They all the cool gadgets like this. There's some that have like the little tiny rectangle that you like. You sweep your broom and it like sucks up all your dirt. I love the new gadgets in people's houses. There was plenty of gadgets to be found. We love gadgets. Houses were, all of them had like great outdoor entertaining spaces, which gave me a lot of ideas because we're planning on doing that at our place. Yes. Changing up things and creating most. a new outdoor entertaining space. It's be the most epic RP3 HP1 oh. birthday bash oh. now. Oh, dear. On the gadgets. Those, th- th- those will projects. not be in place for the birthday party. Dang it. It's, it's April 11th. Birthday so? weekend, September 10th. That ain't happening. I'm going to tell you that now. That's, that's, well, no, 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 no. Get it together. Come on. I'll help out. So, no, it was, it was fun. It was fun walking around and seeing different styles, different approaches to the houses, uh, immaculate kitchens, obviously, media rooms, pools, the whole nine yards. I mean, every house, and every house was a little different which was nice because it was different builders for everyone. So, yeah, we had a nice time. The Parade of Homes. You have to take your tickets, and they get punched or marked. You know, mark. And so we, and we started off with the very first house. The very first house. Number one on the list. So you go, and you do it. You do the tour. My wife, of course, took down so many notes. Like, she just. Oh, yeah. The, the, the note app on the phone was, full, was filled. Just hit going. So you just she goes, and, and she goes, and, she, and the whole thing was she wanted me to point out because I'm usually – like, we'll go to places or we'll go to see houses or she'll put a house on the market or something like that. And I'm like, eh. So I, I don't give my wife a lot of feedback when it comes to these things. Yeah. So yesterday was a perfect opportunity. She goes, anything you like in these houses, you let me know. Because she wants to kind of incorporate some of that style. She wants to know what I like because I'm a man. I don't really tell her all that much when it comes to these that, things. That's, that's all men. So, yeah. Yes. So she was like, well, you do like that? I said, actually, I do. I really like that. So she's fiercely texting notes on her on the phone. <laughs> Uh, oh yeah and i can't wait she's like oh you know you liked a lot of stuff and i says yeah and i'm gonna i'll I'll let you know if we if if we really like it and she goes what are you talking about because it all depends on what it costs yeah (laughs) and that'll determine how much i like it and don't like it so there you go i just want my perfect house i just want and i want an island i want an island that can put like the blender and the toaster and the mixer all that underneath the island so that it's not on the countertop at all I like a clear countertop. I don't have it at my house because I have so much stuff on my counter. So you, do you want to use cabinet. the mixer and everything inside yeah. the cabinet? Is what you're no. wanting to do? You don't want to have to pull them out at all? I want, yeah, I want them to be sitting, like there's an island, right? And so under the island, there's a little tiny shelf and you put on the shelf the mixer, the toaster, the blend, all of that on there. So that when you want to use it, you just pull from that little oh, under yeah, the yeah, shelf yeah, 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 yeah. and pull it out. I don't want to take it out of a cabinet. Or, like, right now I have a blender and my can opener and my spice rack thing and knives. I have all that out on my counter right now. I can't fit all of it underneath the cat in the cabinet. I don't want to be in the cabinet. I want to be able to see it. Everyone knows where it's at, but it's not on top of my counter. I see. I like clear countertops. Boom. Goals. Yeah. You have them. I do. Shout out to you. Thank you.
life goal. Write it down. Did you put it in your notes app? Oh, yeah. I already have it in my notes app that what Done. I won the island. I already have that Done. one uh, full round. Done. She's ready porch. to go. Oh, yeah. She's ready to go, people. I want the notebook front porch. You want the from the movie, the mm-hmm. notebook? I was like all the way around. I want that. <laughs> I told Ken that like the first like three months we were dating. I was like, I want that. And he goes, yes, ma'am. So you told your now fiance, who was your boyfriend at the time, mm-hmm. in the first three months of y'all's relationship, oh, yeah. what type of porch you wanted to live in that you oh, wanted yeah. to have for your dream house? Mm-hmm. All right. There you go. We're already halfway there on the animal part. But you got the one cat and the one dog. Hey, one more dog. No, you or, don't. Yeah, I do. No, you don't. I do. No, you don't. I do. No, you don't. <laughs> no, you don't. So, yes, it was... It was a tremendous, tremendously good weekend for and uh, tons of outdoor uh, spaces that I went. Mm-hmm. This is this is this is the dream right here. This is I could just live out here. Any man caves? There were some man caves. A couple of them had media rooms. What, they, what a man cave area would be Basically. media room. But so many of them put the emphasis on outdoor living. Mm. Pools, barbecue setups. One setup had barbecue, grill, a burner sink and it had a spot an actual built-in burner for a crawfish boil well which was a game changer that's and it a, overlooked a kitty in a house right there and it overlooked a pool oh this is even better <laughs> i was like wow i just i just yeah. i just I, my wife's like i've never seen you look this way i said this is the dream <laughs> <laughs> this, this this is the dream right here this I've is only, the dream right here i think i've only seen one house where i went inside and the media room was like a dream media room like you had the big comfy chair that can like lounge back into a yes. bed it had pac-man and it had uh pinball machines inside there's a pool table that you could like put something on top of it and became like a little um foosball table oh yeah my dad went to work on that house one time and said i can go back and they actually need more work done outside the inside their house so i got to hang out in the media room all day so you stalked them I didn't stalk them. Nah, stalking. I didn't stalk them. I don't know their address. I couldn't even tell you whose house it is anymore. I was like, I don't know, 10? Allegedly. Whatever. Hey, before we take our time out here, I need yeah. to tell you all about the Greater Acadiana Heart Walk. It's going to take place on April 30th, Saturday, April 30th, at River Ranch. That's right. The festivities are going to begin at 8 a.m., and the non-competitive walk is going to begin at 9.15 a.m. Once again, that's the Greater Acadiana Heart Walk. It's going to take place on Saturday, April 30th at River Ranch. And it's a non-competitive walk. It's going to begin at 9.15. For more information, visit greateracadianaheartwalk.org. That's greateracadianaheartwalk.org. Or simply contact Donna Ashcraft at donna.ashcraft at heart.org. That's donna.ashcraft.org at heart.org. Got to take a time out. More RP3 and company coming up. New Orleans Pelicans, they're gearing up. Gearing up. Playing tournament Wednesday. They're going to host the Spurs. We'll talk about how they wrapped up their regular season. That's next right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station.
Oh, you can experience Festival International like never before by winning the game's Festival International prize pack. Sign up for the Rewards Club at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com, and you'll get the chance to score a pair of Bon Ton passes. That's right. By the way, those are sold out. You can't go buy them now. The only way you're going to get your hands on some Bon Ton passes is by winning this contest. You will get exclusive access to front row and stage areas. You're going to be so close, you're going to see the sweat rolling off their faces. Shaded seating, air-conditioned restrooms. That's right, no porta-potties for you. Express drink lines, shirts, pins, and even a poster. Experience Festival International like never before by winning the Festival International prize pack from the game Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Don't forget to vote on our poll question of the day. What song do you want us to dance to this week? We want to hear from you. Let us know. We want to know what song do you want there to be a dance party to. We'll give them to you. We'll hook you up. We'll bust out the moves. We give you four really good options. Go vote. Leave you comments on Facebook and Twitter as well. NBA regular season came to a close yesterday. Playoffs are set to begin. Hey, good job for the Lakers. They won in overtime yesterday, even though their season's over. And they fired their coach. Pelicans decided to rest some guys. Klay Thompson goes off for 41 as the Warriors topped the Pelicans 128-107 to yesterday to wrap up the regular season. Warriors clinched the three-seed in the Western Conference playoffs. The Pelicans, meanwhile, they dropped to 36-46, and 46, but they've already clinched a spot in the play-in tournament, and in fact, they are going to host in the play-in tournament as they take on the San Antonio Spurs at the Smoothie King Center on Wednesday. So it's survive in advance time for the Pelicans. And look, they had a bunch of guys not even play yesterday. So they rested a bunch of their starters. A lot of backups got playing time in the regular season finale. The outcome of yesterday's game was irrelevant for the Pels because they had already clinched a spot in the play-in tournament and had already clinched hosting the play-in tournament game against the San Antonio Spurs. So there you go. But a season that started off as a struggle – Right, started off one and twelve. One and twelve, they get to at least make the playing tournament. Now, being ten games below five hundred and having to play in the playing tournament should not be the standard. Should not be the goal for an NBA franchise, particularly one that's allegedly led by a genius. But you got to crawl before you can walk, and this could be a turning point for David Griffin and the franchise moving forward. Once again, no Zion Williamson this year either. So, they're moving on. And they get to play in the playing tournament. Pelicans host the Spurs in the 9-10 playing game. That's going to be on Wednesday, 8.30 p.m. And... This is intriguing to me. The Spurs don't have a lot of talent on their roster. The Pelicans have the more talented roster. But the Spurs have Greg Popovich, the Hall of Fame coach, the legendary coach. 
and the Spurs know how to do more with less. So even though I like the Pelicans' chances here on Wednesday night to win their play-in tournament game, the 9-10 matchup, against the Spurs because they have the more talented team and they'll be at home and home crowds have started to ramp up there at the Smoothie King Center this season, even with their slow start, even with no Zion Williamson, people have started coming out for the games. So it should be a pretty good environment Wednesday night for the Pels. But the outcome of the game, look, look, these guys have never been in this position before. They they haven't tasted the playoffs. This group, this collection of talent, for the most part. So, I mean, uh, Jonas has because he came from Memphis. And they made the playoffs last year. So, they have some. C.J. McCollum has played in the playoffs. He played it with the Blazers. So, they have some guys. But as a collective group, they've never done this before together. So, I don't know what to expect Wednesday night. I really don't. We'll talk more about this tomorrow when Ali Cassell joins us from the Bird Rights to help us preview the playing tournament and help us preview the NBA postseason, which will get started tipping off this week. But I don't know what to expect from the Pills. I like their chances. I feel like they should win Wednesday night inside the Smoothie King Center. But experience does matter. So I don't know. I feel like right now, I feel like this is a bit of a coin flip game for me. We got to take a timeout. When we return here in RP3 and company, we're going to talk LSU. Sweep of the defending national champs. Also maybe get some thoughts on spring football as well. When Jeff Palermo, our friend from the Louisiana Radio Network and co-host of Tiger Rag Radio, joins us. That's coming up next right here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. P3 grew up dreaming of one day playing right field for the Atlanta Braves, just like his hero, Dale Murphy. I wanted to grow up and be Dale Murphy. Little Raymond, though, wasn't quite the caliber of athlete of his childhood hero as his lone highlights as a ball player were being beamed twice in the head. That actually explains a lot. Back to more RP3 and company on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Uh, the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles wants to hook you up with a $50 gift certificate to Richard Seafood Patio in Abbeville. Richard Seafood Patio is some of the best boiled crawfish, but also serves up boiled shrimp, boiled crabs, fried and grilled seafood, burgers, steaks, pull boys, and a seafood buffet. Are you hungry yet? Well, if you need help with that hunger, based on what I just told you, you need to go sign up for the game clubhouse today at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com so you'll have the opportunity to score a $50 gift certificate to Richard's Seafood Patio in Abbeville. Don't forget to vote on our poll question of the day. Leave your comments on Facebook and Twitter. But right now it's time for us to talk all things LSU with the man 
who's the co-host of Tiger Rag Radio, also news and sports director of the Louisiana Radio Network. Our good friend Jeff Palermo. Jeff, good morning to you, brother. How are you, my friend? I'm doing well, Raymond. How about yourself? I'm doing well. Let's start off with baseball because for the first time this season, the LSU baseball team played to its absolute potential. It goes on the road in Stark Vegas, and they sweep the defending national champions. They do so in close games, and then they just route them to wrap up the series. Best baseball you've seen LSU play all year? Oh, for sure. And I uh, need to apologize to uh, Mikhail Hilliard. <laughs> I said last week, I don't know if he's necessarily a, a Friday night starter, but <laughs> he he looked really good, and he's pitched very well, uh, in the in especially uh, in SEC games this year. And with a team that has, obviously, a, a lot of new players, a lot of guys going through Southeastern Conference play, for the first time, it just seems now like he's the right guy to be at least in that first game for the time being. And I think he will be at least for the next couple of weeks because the next two series will be Thursday, Friday, Saturday series. So I don't see them, you know, moving up a, a Blake money by a couple of days so he could pitch this Thursday in Fayetteville against Arkansas. So First of all, I need to say that. i got to clear that out. I uh, completely whiffed on that one because he looks like the most logical choice uh, at the moment. But, yeah, this uh, this was pretty complete baseball. And it really, I just think it all started uh, with the four-run rally in the ninth inning on Friday night to steal that game. I mean, two outs, nobody on. And then you just get something started, and you get a, a wild pitch in there, and the, the Mississippi State pitcher can't find the strike zone. Trey Morgan, two-run single. Dylan Cruz, two-run homer. Good night. And that, I think, kind of set the tone again for the rest of the weekend. I don't know if Mississippi State really ever rebounded from that. And then LSU just put on a, an absolute clinic and on uh, yesterday with the 13-3 win. And it just seems like uh, here we are. Uh, approaching tax day and this team, uh, all the roles are really starting to be defined. And then you're, you're pulling guys off the bench and they're delivering for you. Like uh, Josh Pearson yesterday with the yeah. two home runs gets to be a rare start out in the right field. And that's when, you know, things are going well for you as a team. When you even take guys that have been sitting for most of the season, you give them a start and they produce and they help you get a big win. So, Everything's uh, going very well right now. I guess we'll check we'll check the temperature again next Monday uh, because they got a a very difficult series coming up this weekend in Fayetteville. Yeah, and that that leads me to my next point is that we've seen this team play extremely well. I mean, remember what they did after dropping the first game against Florida on the road? They turn around and take both games and win that series, and then the next weekend they lose to Auburn, right? So yeah. we're needing to see them kind of string together a couple of weeks of strong, consistent performances. Do you believe that Jay Johnson's team is training in that direction? Well, I think what we've seen so far through four weeks of SEC play is that the Tigers are playing much better on the road than at home. And I don't That's know right. if that is just the pressure of the home fans and and trying to do more than they're maybe capable of doing at home. Uh, that, that might be part of it. I think it's also... You know, Jay Johnson's just still trying. You know, trying to figure out what's the right infield to have out there. Um, but I, I think what I'm just really 
I think you got to be pleased about if you're an LSU fan is is the pitching because we went into the season just wondering what man how how well are, is this team going to pitch? They don't have a true Friday night starter. Heck, you, you went into the season and, yeah, you, yeah, Mikhail Hilliard was going to be your weekend starter, but you know, we've seen good Mikhail Hilliard and we've seen bad Mikhail Hilliard. So what Mikhail Hilliard are you going to get uh, this year? And so far you're really seeing a very good Mikhail Hilliard in SEC play, and he had no idea who the Sunday starter is. And uh, so many roles in the bullpen and – they have been able to figure out uh, this pitching staff, and they got a team ERA right now, 3-4-3. Three, three. That's the third best in the SEC. That's better than Arkansas. Um, only Tennessee and Vanderbilt is ahead of them. So the fact that they are pitching as well as they are, and then you combine that with the hitting, they're one of only three teams in the SEC with a team batting average over 300. So uh, they're – yeah, they're, they're trending in the right situation. And then as they continue to figure out the fielding issues, it's, it's only going to get, uh, only, only going to get better, uh, for this team. They're, they're looking like, you know, they look like, uh, a, a team that, uh, was worthy of that top 10 preseason prediction. Now, uh, I guess to put a caveat on it, I don't really know how good this Mississippi state team is. Uh, they're not a very good hitting team. They have a team ERA above five. They're only three games over 500. So they, they, they were able to handle one of the, I think, even though they're the defending national champs, I think one of the, the, the weaker teams in the conference based on what you're seeing statistically right now. And LSU still has to go through. I think uh, they're still going to have tougher opponents awaiting them, and that starts again this weekend against uh, Arkansas. I'm glad you mentioned the Razorbacks, Jeff, because the SEC West is very muddled, right? I mean, we, we have yeah. Ole Miss below 500, Mississippi State's barely above 500, and everyone else is, you know, logjam there at seven and five, six and six in conference play in the West. The East is being dominated by Tennessee, who hasn't lost yet in conference play. Uh, just how wide open is the SEC West right now? Well, I think it's Arkansas to lose at the moment, uh, the, the way I see it. Uh, but then again, uh, you, you look at what Arkansas did this past weekend. Uh, that wasn't <laughs> that wasn't very good uh, for them. So, you know, I I, I think uh, at this point, um, it, it's it's fairly wide open. But you know, Arkansas could really take control of the SEC West if they're able to win the series, I think, this weekend against LSU. I mean, Arkansas is coming off a series where they lost two out of three to Florida. Um, you know, they played really well in the opening game, and then uh, the last two games they, didn't, they, they ended up losing. So um, I, I think – and then I think maybe probably Ole Miss, they're, they're, they're – I don't think – they have a chance, I think, to still be involved in this thing as well. Um, they're a team that's kind of going through some struggles right now. Them getting swept by Alabama, that's been cut. That, that was an eye opener because Alabama, as we know, they have been pretty much the doorman of the SEC West here. And now all of a sudden, the Crimson Tide is looking like a, a very formidable team, uh, being right there with uh, LSU at seven and five. So, uh, we hit the halfway point of the league schedule this weekend and. 
you know, again, I think if Arkansas takes two out of three this weekend, they're the team to beat. If LSU is able to go to Fayetteville and get a series win, I, I think it's it's anybody's division to win, including LSU's. Yeah, uh, Alabama's not uh, being uh, skippered by Jim Wells anymore. Um, yeah, those <laughs> those days are, are long, uh, long past. We're talking with Jeff Palermo. He's co-host of Tiger Rag Radio. He's also the news and sports director for the Louisiana Radio Network. He joins us here on RP3 and Company as we're talking all things LSU. Let's switch over to football. Uh, LSU got started a little bit later than most with their spring season because of putting together a staff and actually putting together a roster to have spring football. But what are you making of what you're seeing and what you're hearing coming out from uh, Brian Kelly and his staff during their first spring, Jeff? Well, I, you got to like the organization, uh, a plan being put in place, um, you know, competition, I think, throughout the roster. Uh, a lot of good things uh, to hear uh, regarding what's going on, uh, especially you know someone like John Emery. Seems like he's, after missing all of last season, we're, we're waiting for this guy to have a big season, and he seems like a guy that uh, is having a really good spring. Uh, you look at a guy like Will Campbell, um, someone who just got out of high school, and he's already – put himself in the discussion to be a starting offensive lineman. I mean, I think that's kind of what you want to see. Uh, not, not necessarily, you know, freshmen starting on the offensive lineman, but, you know, recruits coming in and certainly being uh, possibly ha- having a huge impact on the team this upcoming season. A bit of bad news there with Oklahoma State transfer cornerback, uh, Jarek Bernard Converse, learning out that, He's out for the spring with a foot fracture, but uh, they expect him he'll be ready for summer workouts, and they don't anticipate that injury being too much of an issue. But, um, I, you know, they obviously still need uh, more depth at the cornerback position. The tight end position is, is very thin. There, there's still some guys that they're going to have to add to this roster. And now, as you mentioned, some of these spring practices wrap it up elsewhere. Now you're going to have another flood of guys entering the transfer portal who are reading the tea leaves at the, at the place that they're currently at and might not be seeing the playing time that they would envision for 2022. So um, uh, usually with spring practice, it's kind of a uh, PR campaign. It's, it's all, yeah, it's all sunshine and, <laughs> and blue skies, right? I mean, you, you very, you don't hear too many coaches uh, complaining about how spring football has been an absolute disaster and they're not getting anything accomplished. So uh, everything sounds good, and I think we're going to have a, a really competitive uh, quarterback battle between Miles Brennan and, and uh, Jaden Daniels. I, I mean, even even Jaden mentioned it uh, on Saturday. I mean, it, it's not a given that he's going to be the starting quarterback, even though he's transferred here. And Jaden said that, hey, I, I, gonna, I have another year if I'm not the starter. So, um, you know, based on what you're kind of seeing and hearing, it seems like Miles Brennan has a, a, a leg up on him, and he should because he's been here for so long. But, um, you know, I, I, I think things are good. Uh, are they um, SEC West? title contender i don't think so but uh, based on what you're seeing in spring it gives you confidence that scott woodward has hired the right guy in brian kelly who's brought a lot of organization to a program that that desperately needed it 
Jeff, appreciate your time. As always, enjoy Tiger Rag Radio this week, brother, and we'll talk to you next Monday, my friend. All right. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it, Raymond. That's Jeff Palermo, co-host of Tiger Rag Radio, and our good friend as the news director and sports director of the Louisiana Radio Network. Appreciate his time. Coming up at 8 o'clock, start off hour number three, Jay Walker will join us to talk all things Raging Cajuns. So they had a great uh, weekend series sweep as well on the diamond as they took all three from Arkansas State. Shout out to you, five names. Shout out to you. You know why? You know why? Why? Because you did a little work. You did a little project on the side for my daughter, Hattie, Mm -hmm. over the weekend. We're about to take Hattie's amazing videos to another level. Yeah. She does not know that until right now. That's right. Hattie's amazing videos is about to be taken up to another level. Produced intro, produced outro for those bad boys. We'll have to get together and debut a new one in the next few days. But shout out to you for that. And I'm pretty sure my daughter says thank you as well. Probably. Probably Probably thank you, Miss Hannah. That's what she says every time. (laughs) That's right. From Hattie and (laughs) RP3. She doesn't say your name. Your name is RP3 and she's Hattie. She'll randomly say that now. She'll randomly just call me in, in a radio voice, nonetheless. <laughs> yeah, she'll be like, she'll be like RP3. I'm like, what? what are you doing? I'm dad. Not RP3. Stop. I'm dad. I'm dad or daddy. I'm not. Father. No, it's RP3. We'll be in the grocery store. RP3. I'm like, what are you doing, kid? What are you doing? She is something else, man. I think she did it yesterday when we are doing the Parade of Homes. We're going going through and why my wife's taking down notes and everything like I said earlier about things that she likes and things that I liked and everything like that and you know and I think I mentioned at one place I was like I think I'd, I'd like to make this into like a little studio space or something like that you know you know and doing stuff like that and she goes well it's RP3 and like there's other people walking around <laughs> during the parade of homes and yeah man she's HP1 I'm RP3 yep what a team what a duo a great duo yeah a lot of great duos you and the great gazolo yes you and i yes you and your daughter my wife and you and tina that's right and i'm the weakest link of all of those (laughs) i'm part of great duos but i'm not the greatest part of the duo so (laughs) there you go we gotta take a time out (laughs) we'll wrap up our number two here on the show that's coming up next Update the poll question of the day. What should our song be to dance to this week? We gave you good options. Keith Frank's Casanova. Naughty by Nature's Hip Hop Hooray. We even threw in a song for Moana. Yeah, that's all five names right there. <laughs> Go vote on our poll question of the day. Leave your comments on Facebook and Twitter. You're listening to the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station.
In Louisiana, there are thousands of miles of utility lines and gas pipelines buried just beneath the surface. Sometimes multiple lines are in one area. So if you are a contractor that you've hired is digging a new hole to put in a fence, a pool, or for any other reason, you run the risk of hitting an underground line by digging only a few inches. What happens then? Maybe you only knock the power out for your entire neighborhood, but sometimes there's an explosion with injuries and even death. It happens every single year. There's a very simple way to avoid it. Before you dig, call 811. Call 811 two days before you dig. Tell the operator your address, and someone's going to come out and mark the location of buried lines so you or your contractor can avoid them. It's simple, it's free of charge, and it's the law. Louisiana 811 operates 811 as a public service and to promote public safety. Louisiana 811 and the game 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles remind you call 811 and know what's below before you dig. Let's check in on that poll question of the day, shall we? I do believe I have someone texting me right in votes, which is really not how this works, but we'll roll with it. Poll question of the day. Help RP3 and company with their dance break song of the week. Right now, 37% of you say it should be Keith Frank's Casanova. 27% say Yeah by Usher. 23% say Naughty by Nature's Hip Hop Hooray, which Hannah had never heard of. And 13% say You're Welcome from Moana. Got a write-in vote here. Marky Mark. Good Vibrations. That's courtesy of my wife, Tina. She wants us to dance to Good Vibrations by Marky Mark and the Funky Munch. That's Mark Wahlberg, by the way, in case you didn't know that five names. I know you're young. Hour number two in the books. Hour number three, as I get the look, is coming up right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. From the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette, here is the producer extraordinaire, Hannah Five Names, and your big, bald, beautiful host, Raymond Parts III, better known as RP3. Hour number three of RP3 and Company has arrived on this Monday morning. We've had a good show so far, but it's about to get better. You know why? Oh, and it could be because of the poll question of the day. And shout out to Joey, sharing the gif of no one cares. Appreciate you taking the time out to comment on a poll question of the day that you claim you don't care about, yet you took the time out to share a gif. So maybe you secretly do care. We appreciate you nonetheless, even though you may not be in tune with your feelings. It's okay. We're here for you. Shout out to Joey. Shout out to everyone that's commenting on the poll question of the day and voting on our poll question of the day. We like to have fun. We appreciate you having fun with us. No, that's not why the show's about to get great. It's because of our next guest. It's time for us to talk Raging Cajuns. A great weekend on the diamond for the Cajuns. As, man, Matt Deggs' team 
Sure does feel like they're turning a corner. We've talked about that. They're slowly but surely getting closer and closer to it looks like turning a corner. And, man, they looked good with the series sweep up in Jonesboro over the weekend. To break it all down for us is our friend, the longtime voice of the Raging Cajuns, Jay Walker. Listen up, UL fans. It's time to talk all things Raging Cajuns with the longtime voice of the Raging Cajuns, Jay Walker. Here is Colin Cajuns on RP3 and Company. Jay, good morning to you, brother. How are you, my friend? I feel like I've been hit by a truck, but thanks for asking. Well, a trip to Jonesboro, Arkansas will do that to you. And a stop off in Ruston along the way, my friend. Uh, let's talk about the series because, look, we, we it, it was important for them to get the split like they get did against Tech last week. Let, let's start there. How important was it for them to get that split before heading over to Jonesboro to t- take on the Red Wolves? Oh, it was huge. You know, you, um, you know, Louisiana Tech is a quad one team, which means they have an RPI in the top 50. Um, and anytime you can get a win against one of those teams, that is a, that's a big plus for your resume, especially when you do it on the road. And, you know, it happened in, I think, uh, unlikely fashion. You know, the, the Cajuns fell behind early. Um, they brought in Cooper Rawls, who had pitched a grand total of two innings all year long. And Rawls was magnificent. They oh, gave the was. team a chance to come back. They had a six-run inning. Came back and got the victory. That was that's a that was a big win, and it gave them some momentum um, heading up to Jonesboro. They get that, but, you know, it's one thing to take down Tech. It's another thing to go up and play conference opponent. Arkansas State, that's always kind of a tricky place to play, even though the Red Wolves are a little down this year. Uh, let's start with game one. Talk a little bit about that. Give me your, your your thoughts about how they were able to set the tone early with that win right off the bat. I think your um, your choice of words was set the tone. It, it was really, really good because what the Cajuns did is they planted a seed early in that game. Uh, five of the first eight players bunted. And I think it kind of sent a message to the Arkansas State defense, which is not good, um, that they were going to have a lot of pressure put on them over the weekend. I think that stayed uh, in the back of Arkansas State players' heads the the rest of the weekend. Uh, I think it contributed to the fact that they made 10 errors in the final two games. But I, I thought it was a very, very good move by Coach Deggs with the game plan of just putting pressure on, making them make plays, and making them wonder for the rest of the weekend, oh, are they going to bunt right here? Thought it was, I, I just thought it was a table setter, uh, and, uh, and it really helped them the rest of the weekend. What did you make of the performance by the pitching staff, both the rotation and the bullpen? Well, zeros are good, okay? Oh, yeah. Um, and uh, they put up nine of them to go along with the you know the seven or so that they had put up uh, in that game with Louisiana Tech, and that scoreless streak reached I think uh, twenty and two thirds or twenty one something like that. Yeah. Before Arkansas State finally scored, so you know um, Tally gave them five strong. Uh, the bullpen came in and did its job, uh, and they you know they held Arkansas State down the whole night. It was it, it was very very solid. 
the bullpen we had some question marks early on in the season uh, you know but still it's early in the season now we're you know heading towards easter which will be here in just a few days what do you make of the bullpen right now do you think that's become a question mark has it gone from being a question mark jay rather to now being something that matt deggs can count on um, I, I think it's headed that way. Uh, I don't know that I'm quite ready to, to, to say that. The bullpen was very solid uh, over the weekend, and uh, that was great to see. But they, you know, consistency is the key, Ray. And I still think that they've got, you know, guys who are still a little bit inconsistent. I still think that they have guys that need to do a better job throwing strikes when they get in the game. Um, but but they were effective throughout the weekend. Uh, obviously, they were effective in that in that game with Louisiana Tech on, on Wednesday. Um, I still want to see them be more consistent throwing strikes when they come into the game because Tuesday's game is directly uh, linked to the fact that they didn't do that, that they came in and they walked people, and that enabled Louisiana Tech uh, to come from behind and, and, and win that game. So, Still want to see him be more consistent, but it was encouraging what I saw over the weekend. Tell me what in the heck happened there at the end of yesterday's game, which I know Wynn played a role in it, and I didn't get to to watch it uh, live or, or listen to it live, so I just had to read the post-game recap. But walk me through, you know, you're there, you're on the call. Uh, it seemed like that game ended in crazy fashion. Well, you know, you, you said so yourself. Jonesboro's not an easy place to play. Um, first of all, you have to make your own atmosphere because they're not going to have big crowds. Um, you're playing a team that honestly just isn't very good. And so you have to keep mental focus. And on top of that, Sunday, you've got a south wind, 20 to 25, gusting to 35, wind blowing straight in, which is a miserable day for hitters. And so you, you had those conditions that you had to play in. And, you know, they got out of a big situation uh, in the bottom of the eighth inning with the bases loaded, nobody out, and the top of the order up. And Tommy Ray got a pair of called third strikes. Uh, and then uh, Bobby Lede made a nice play on a ground ball to get him out of the inning with no run scored. And if they don't do that, they don't win that game. And then they, you know, they got uh, they got some guys on in the in the tenth. They managed to load the bases. The bottom of the order with Jonathan Brandon and Julian Brock had a great day for the Cajuns. They combined for seven hits, um, and they were able to go ahead and uh, set the table. And uh, then they were, uh, you know, they were able to get one run score in a wild pitch. The second one scored in a two run single by Marshock and. You wind up winning the game by the score of uh, seven to four in ten innings, and Cooper Rawls again after coming in and doing a great job on uh, on Wednesday uh, came in again and did another superb job and wound up getting his second win of the week. We're talking with Jay Walker, longtime voice of the Raging Cajuns. He joins us here on RP3 and Company. All right, brother. They they split with Tech and then they go and they sweep Arkansas State and they come back home and they're facing opponents this week that are coming off some rough weekends, right? Uh, McNeese was swept by UNO, and they were outscored like 36-11 to 11 in those three games over the weekend. It, Cowboys are hovering around 500. And then ULM comes in for Easter weekend, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, 
and they're one of the you know towards the bottom in the standings in the Sun Belt. They are lost three straight games as well. They should be favored. They should be able to win these games. What challenges, if any, do these opponents face, or is it more of just mental focus for the Cajuns as their biggest challenge? Well, I you know I think that when you're playing in state competition, everybody gets up for that. So um, I think I think that you're going to see a McNeese team come in focus. The Cajuns won the first game between the two teams in a, a two-run contest. The ULM thing was kind of a head-scratcher for me, Ray, honestly. I, uh, You know, Troy's got a good team, don't get me wrong, but I thought at home that the Warhawks would get at least one and maybe two, and they got swept. That was a surprise to me because they're better than that. Um you know, we when we think of ULM, we think of, you know, the run where the Cajuns beat them like 20-something straight times, uh, and they've won, you know, the numbers will come out later in the week, but they've won something like, uh, I don't know, 30 of the last 31 or something like that. Um, they're a whole lot better than that. And I was surprised that Troy was able to handle them three times. They got a couple of guys uh, in the starting rotation who are pretty good. They got a good guy at the back end and they swing the bat better than they have the last few years. It was, it was a surprise to me that ULM got swept. That's going to make them all that more focused when they come in this week. And the fact that these are rivalries for both programs, right? For McNeese and for ULM. So it's a big feather in their cap. If they can come into the Teague and win a game against the Cajuns. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, I, I think that Matt has done a good job keeping this team focused and hungry. I, I don't think that they're going to overlook their competition this week. Uh, the competition is going to have to come in and win. Um, you know, the, the, one of the things that the Cajuns have now is they have their weekend rotation. They know who's going out there Thursday, Friday, and Saturday this week. And that helps in planning and preparation uh, for games, I, I think, you know, Jeff Wilson had a tough day yesterday. But really, when you get right down to it, those three guys have been really good the last couple of weeks. Um, so I, I, I think all that works in their favor because they know now Tally can go ahead and start getting himself ready. He's going to have one less day rest. Everybody will this week. Um, you know, Schultz can go ahead and, and understand that he's going to go out in game two. And Wilson, you know, can go ahead and try to flush the game three start and be ready to go. So, yeah, I think a lot of things set up well for them, but they got to go play because, uh, you know, they've won four in a row to just sit and say, well, you got four teams coming in and you're playing at home and you're better than them in the standing. So therefore you're going to have an eight game winning streak. That's a little premature. You still got to go out and do it. And we've seen that this season and anyone that follows baseball knows that's the case. You can never pencil in a victory no matter what. All right, Jay, I know you were on the road for the baseball series calling those games and you didn't get to see the football wrap up the completion of spring football so I'm not going to ask you about the spring game probably wouldn't do that anyway but my question to you is this do you believe that the 15 practices that coach Dez and his new staff got to with the guys do you believe it answered any questions that they had entering spring football do you think any of those questions have been answered well, I think maybe they're a little bit closer to being answered. Um, when you when you talk about open competition uh, at certain positions, I, I still think that um, some of that script has yet to be written and probably won't get written 
until uh, maybe game week. Who knows? But I, but I do think they found out a little bit more about their personnel. I think that uh, I think that any questions they had about depth got partially answered, and so therefore I think they need to know where they need to go ahead and and concentrate during this offseason program and, and the rest of the things that they do. But, um, you know, how many questions got answered? I really don't know. You'd have to ask Mike. Um, but, I do, but I do think that those 15 practices where this team was able to go out and learn almost a totally new coaching staff was big for this team because that was the whole thing going in. You know, it, it's now about building relationships with a new staff and understanding that, you know, things aren't going to be exactly the way they were, uh, not only with the head coach, but also with position coaches as well. So I, I think that was the biggest takeaway that they're going to have is they're, they're closer now to understanding what the coaches expect of the players. Jay, appreciate your time as always, brother. Enjoy your weekend. Uh, get you some rest and enjoy the homestand, my friend. Can I go to bed now? <laughs> yes, you can, my friend. Yes, you can. Thank you, Thank you very much. <laughs> It's Jay Walker, longtime voice of the Raging Cajuns, joining us there, recapping the big weekend for the baseball team as they got a series sweep of Arkansas State. Once again, you, you can't look past anybody. You should be able to beat McNeese. You should be able to beat ULM, but you can't slip up. You just can't. Got to keep this momentum moving forward, just like in the same thing for LSU. Got to take a timeout. More RP3 and company coming up right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Sports Station. Hangout Music Festival is returning this summer to Gulf Shores in the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles has your tickets to this epic weekend of music. You can score VIP passes by becoming a member of the Game Rewards Club at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. Don't miss the return of Hangout Music Fest. That's right. It's going to feature the likes of Halsey, Post Malone, and all 14 of his tattoos on the face. Megan the Stallion. Doja Cat, Kevin Foote's favorite, and of course, Shaquille O'Neal. That's right. Shaq's grabbing the microphone, displaying those rap skills that he did 25 years ago. Hannah Five Names is excited. You can be there for all of it, but you can only do so by winning our VIP passes from the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. That's Hangout Music Fest, May 20th to the 22nd. So go become a member of our rewards club today, right now at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com so you can score those VIP passes to Hangout Music Fest. I am correct. Doja Cat is Kevin Foote's favorite. Yes, we have established this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He loves the Doja Cat. No one at the station is more of a fan of Doja Cat than Kevin Foote. Yes, because Doja Cat is so close to Donkey Cat. So foot is in love with cat. That is exactly his way of thinking, by the way. <laughs> Elton John, hungry cat? 
There's a cat. Yeah. Same thing. Yes. Yes. God bless him. Don't 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 you ever change, Kevin Foot. Don't Please you don't. ever change. Oh man. Let's talk a little Houston Astros baseball. Great start to the season for them. It started off on Thursday for the regular season opener on the road at the Los Angeles Angels. We talked about that on Friday. They won 3-1. Then they came back on Friday, crushed their faces, 13-6. But they did the classic Kevin Foote thing, say not to do. Score too many runs. He'll tell you about it. They scored too many runs. Next day, they couldn't muster a single one. Lost to nothing. That fits the foot narrative. If you score too many runs, you're going to lose the next game. That's how he that's how he views it. And sure enough, the Astros proved him to be right. A prophet yet again. I mean, the, the Cajun softball, they did well. We're not talking Cajun softball. Yeah, but see, they, they we're, did we're that. Not they talking, scored I'm, a lot of runs. We're talking a lot of runs the next day. We're talking so, Houston Astros baseball. I'm always right. All right. I'll let, you, right I'll let you tell Kevin when he comes on at 9 o'clock that he's not always right. <laughs> That'll be an awkward conversation, awkward, between you and he. But they bounce back after being shut out 2 nothing on Saturday to take the series three games to one with a hard-fought 4-1 victory yesterday. So they've started off the year taking three out of four against the team that I keep getting told is great. It's filled with two, not one, but two generational talents. And Shohan Otani, your reigning MVP, and Mike Trout, who's won a bunch of MVPs, yet a pitcher on the Astros staff currently right now has more postseason hits than Mike Trout. A pitcher. A pitcher. A pitcher. I'm just saying. A pitcher, a pitcher has more hits in the postseason than Mike Trout does. Just saying. But Bregs, Alex Bregman, the former LSU star, had himself a heck of a weekend in particular on Sunday. He had that two-run single in the fifth. And Jose Urquidy pitched well. Once again, Verlander doesn't have to be the guy. Like, after Justin got hurt and needed Tommy John surgery, that forced the Astros to look to other guys, look to younger pitchers, and force them to step up, and they have done that the last year or so. Framer Valdez and Jose Urquidy. They have stepped up in a big way, and now you got two reliable guys. They don't even have Lance McCullers right now because of injury. And they get Verlander back, but they, they lose McCullers. They won't get him until later in the season, if, if at all. Yet, they're just fine. Urquidy, very well yesterday, gave up only four hits through five innings as the Astros take down the Halos 4-1. Three of four from the Angels in the season opening series. Now the Astros will next play at the Arizona Diamondbacks for a two-game little midweek series, Tuesday and Wednesday. Tuesday's game you'll be able to listen to on our sister station, News Talk 98.5. Wednesday's game is Day Baseball. So there'll be no Jordy Holberg show and no crunch time with Miguez and Mesh this Wednesday due to daytime Astros baseball, which we'll be carrying live right here on the game. I am just ready for their weekend series. Oh my, I'm excited for their weekend series. Let me guess, because the Astros are taking on the Seattle Mariners? Yes. (laughs) And that's on the road too, right? 
Yes. That's right. They're yeah, because because, because Major League Baseball is like, hey, Astros, you just played in the World Series. Let's start off the year playing nine games straight on the road. It's fine. That's kind of ridiculous. But I digress. Major League Baseball struggling with their leadership and how to do things properly. Stunned by this. But great start to the season for the Strohs. So, are you... so? Your Mariners are going to take on Foots Astros. Mm-hmm. Have you guys come to some sort of agreement on smack talk? Will you wait to start that on Thursday? Or will it just strictly be a Friday scenario? We haven't discussed the smack talk part. We have discussed that when first pitch starts, we are now enemies. And when the game is over, become friends again. <laughs> um, we have not talked about when to start the, mat, the smack talk. So You need to discuss that on today's show? Because look, have to do. it's the first series between the Mariners and their great teal jerseys and the Astros. Yeah. So you're going to have to put together some battle. This is the first opportunity for you guys to go back and forth. I sent a group text message involving you, Foot, and myself because I'd like to be involved in this just okay. to witness the smack talk between the two of you. Or also <laughs> witness Kevin being distraught when the Astros give up a run in the third inning when they're still leading 3-2. to two. And he'll be distraught and be angry at his team. So yeah. I want to be part of this. If we can just make a thread between the three of us. I can do that. Now, okay. see, I think we might start the Smack Talk probably on Friday because my Mariners have a three-game series. Midweek series, yes. Yes. They have one against the White Sox, and ours, the last game, is on Thursday. So I think we have to wait for the Smack Talk to start on Friday. It'd be like a day of game. They have game one of the series. If you're That's looking for someone to have Smack Talk with for your midweek series, Jim Gazzolo, the great Gazzolo from Chicago, who's a White Sox fan, oh. is your guy. That's your Huckleberry. You will be in two different <laughs> snack talks. Okay, I'm glad I got Threads. a good data plan. <laughs> Thank you so much. Anybody for the Twins or anybody else? Oh, who the hell's rooting for the Twins? Stop. I don't know. What about the Rangers? Uh, who's rooting for the Rangers? I don't know either. Uh, the Royals, though, that's Jamie Green. So I got to figure out how to talk to Jamie Green about. I thought Jamie was a Tampa Bay Ray fan. Oh, he's a Tampa Bay Ray fan. Remember, he loves Tampa See, teams. Yeah, he's going against the. Yeah, okay. yeah here, there you go. There you go. I'll help you with we'll all that. We'll Thank figure you. it out. Got to take a timeout. <laughs> Keep voting on our poll question of the day. What do you want our dance break song to be this week? Leave your comments on Facebook and Twitter. But right now, we'll take a timeout. When we return, McNeese football, first-year head coach, Gary Goff's going to join us. His team wrapped up spring season on Saturday with their spring game. We'll talk to Coach about his thoughts, about where his roster's at, where they still need development, where he still needs to recruit. The quarterback battle and so much more. That'll be coming up next right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. RP3 doesn't play around when it comes to his personal life. I got one NFL team, I got one college team, I got one Major League Baseball team. And the big fella's also monogamous when it comes to his sports fandom. That's what I got my merch for, that's who I support, period. Call me old-fashioned. The end. Call me old-fashioned, that's fine. I'll be old-fashioned. RP3 is just committed to providing you with great sports talk here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana. Sports Station.
The Menice Cowboys wrapped up their spring football season. This year was just practice as they gear up for more a traditional slate of games in the fall. First-year head coach Gary Goff is in control now. He's from the Air Raid family, that tree, that coaching tree, if you will. And he's trying to bring that up-tempo, exciting offense to Lake Charles. And he's having to do so by taking over program. That has some holes to fill as well because of guys leaving, entering the transfer portal, and some injuries. And the program's been down a little uh, last few seasons based on what happened with the devastating hurricanes in the area. So it's a challenge. But Coach Goff seems to be the man for the job. And now joining us here on RP3 and Company is said man, McNeese first-year head football coach, the one and only Gary Goff joins us. Coach, good morning to you, brother. How are you? Good morning. How are you doing? I'm doing great, brother. I'm doing great. So let me out. You know, when you go when, ahead. You, when you put everything out like that, you, you, you're try, you're making me sound crazy, which I, I guess I am. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's start. Well, let's start there. You know, uh, you you are a very successful coach, tons of success, playing for national championships, and at, uh, on the D two level, and you decide to take this opportunity to come to Lake Charles. And look, they're still trying to recover from multiple hurricanes and the program's been down a little bit had the academic issues a few years ago as well so it's going to be a challenge why was it why was McNeese so appealing to you why was the job so appealing well you know early in my career I was on the other side on the other sideline and uh McNeese State was a powerhouse I mean that great tradition I mean uh you know they were the program that everybody was aiming to be like and um, you know, so there's a little bit of that. I tell you, but what what a lot of it had to do with was the athletic director, uh, Heath Schroyer, the president, Dr. Burkell, and then the vice president, uh, Dr. Roos. You know, they they um, they have a vision here. Um, they've been very successful before, so you know they can get it done again. Um, and, and not many times are you gonna have a chance to go work at a university where the president was a academic and all American um, for your football program. Yeah. So <laughs> it's a unique uh, situation. It's a very unique situation. <laughs> Coach, you know, you, you decide to take the job. Obviously it appeals to you and, and you're a competitive person, so you like a challenge as well. Uh, obviously that always kind of goes into this process. So l- let me ask you about the process. You get hired, you know, when you come to a program like this, you want to run it your way with your principles and everything like that. But when it comes to philosophy, offense or defensive philosophy, it, are you kind of rigid with this is what I want to do? Or is it more of, okay, let's see what the personnel is. And maybe I'm going to tweak what my vision is right now to start off with to accommodate the actual talent I have. Well, I'd say I'm pretty rigid on, you know, that this is what we're going to do now. Um, you also got to be smart about it, right? I mean, your personnel is, is going to be a deciding factor. Um, but, you know, we're, our foundation is air raid. There's no question about that. I mean, I, I played in it under Hal Mummy and, and then was his uh, co-offense coordinator for six years. So I don't know much else. So I just can't wake up one day and decide to go under center and be a pro-style offense. Um, but, you know, depending on your personnel, you're going to have to tweak some things and make some adjustments. And a great example of that is last season, you know, we had three um, backs rushed for a thousand yards in the air raid offense, and one of those was the quarterback we had. So, you know, if you got a dynamic quarterback, then why not utilize him and uh, to his 
his best ability. And you know, we, we've got to do that here as well. We, we gotta, we've had 15 workouts to try to learn a little bit about some of our personnel and um, learn what, what they can and can't do. So we're ab- absolutely going to have to make adjustments. When you take a job like you did after the completion of the season, you know, you're always kind of behind the eight ball, so to speak, when it comes to recruiting because you just took the job and you're putting together your staff and everything like that. So how much more recruiting still left to do for, say, this summer? Now that spring football is behind us, what are you and your staff going to be doing? Is it going to be transfer portal? Is it going to be junior college? Or is it going to be still trying to get some guys that maybe fell through the cracks on the high school level that you can uh, give an opportunity to come and earn a spot for the Cowboys? Well, it could be all the above. Um, I mean, we're, we're definitely in the portal. Um, I, I'm not a big fan of the transfer portal, but that's the world we live in now. And uh, we're, we're going to have to get some guys out of it because we need some depth and, and we need some guys that have some playing experience. We we went through spring practice with 54 able bodies, and, and that's uh, I've never been in that situation before. Um, you know, but you know, we're, we're obviously recruiting some uh, junior college guys as well. Um, we're going to continue recruiting probably all the way up until camp. I would imagine in the weeks to come, there's going to be about another 1,500 student athletes jump into that portal. So it, it's going to be pretty hectic and crazy. But um, you know, again, that, that's where we're living right now. It's basically free agency, and uh, we, we've got to get in that game. Let's talk about your quarterbacks because I was impressed by both the guys that get the majority of the first team reps. Of course, that's Walker Wood and Knox Kadem. Uh, both of them began their careers elsewhere. Uh, obviously, Walker started off at the University of Kentucky before coming to McNeese. He's been lined up at wide receiver some and been lined up at quarterback. He's very much a, a great athlete. Knox comes from Vitek, more of a, a, of a quarterback. That's his background. What do you like about both men? And uh, sure, does seem like you got a tough decision to make there. Yeah, I mean, they, they both are winners. Um, they're both uh, young men that love to go out there and compete. Um, yeah, they've been doing a, a really good job of holding their teammates accountable. Um, you know, but I think they both bring something different to the table. I mean, we talk about Walker. I mean, Walker is a great athlete. Obviously, he's played receiver and running back. Um, he had an unbelievable high school career, so he's very capable of playing quarterback. But, you know, he's a guy that's got to be on the field somehow, some way. Um, you know, he's pretty good at using his legs, uh, getting out of trouble. And then you got Knox, who I think is, uh, you know, he, he kind of seemed to take a, a step forward and, and running the offense, especially our last two scrimmages. So I, I think uh, the summer is very important for both these guys. Uh, and then as we get into fall camp, I mean, it, it will be a tough decision, but it, at the same time, it's a pretty easy decision. It's going to be the quarterback who obviously protects the football. Uh, it's going to be the quarterback that gets us out of some bad play calls and into some good play calls. Um, and then somebody that can move the chains consistently. And uh, yeah, that's uh, the name of the game in our offense. You know, you got to have a trigger man that is almost an extension of the coach out there. And uh, we give them the tools to, to get us in and out of great plays. And uh, they got to be able to use that and have confidence enough to make those decisions. We're talking with McNeese first-year head football coach Gary Goff. He joins us here on RP3 and Company. Coach, you mentioned running backs and how you had multiple thousand-yard rushers in this air raid offense, and as well as the quarterbacks played overall for your guys in the scrimmage, the running game was strong. I mean, you had a running back back there that was averaging 11 yards a carry, and you had another guy that was just you know eating up short yardage situation. How do you like your running back room right now that spring's done? I'm very excited about it. I tell you what, Deontay uh, McMahon is, is a tremendous weapon. I mean, he's going to be able to guy that we can line up and slot and throw the ball to him, hand the ball off, 
run between the tackles and get on the perimeter. Um, he, he's a pretty dynamic back. And then, you know, kind of compliment him, we got Marcus McElroy, uh, transfer from Colorado State, who's 235 pounds, and he's just hard to bring down. So, um, you know, I, I think that's the beauty of the offense. Um, you know, if people want to take away the passing game, then, you know, we're, we're not going to be uh, stubborn and continue to throw against them dropping eight or nine. We're going to run the football. And then vice versa, if we can get them worried about the running game, that just opens up the throwing lanes downfield. And uh, we, we've been pretty good at uh, that, that you know recipe right there the last four or five years. So I'm very excited about the backfield right there. I think we've got some weapons. You got weapons back there. You got weapons on offense. Defense is where you're kind of really depleted, in particular on the back end. You took uh, one of your uh, quarterbacks on the roster, the young man from Lake Charles College Prep. You converted him into a defensive back, and uh, that's going to help you with some depth. But obviously, depth is a big issue there. Is that your biggest issue this offseason is figuring out, improving the depth, adding bodies back there for the secondary? And not only adding them, Coach, but having them play well. No, absolutely. I, I mean, really, we're looking for starters you know, back there. Um, you know, during the coaching change, uh, we lost three defensive backs. Um, you know, uh, all three of them transferred to other schools. Um, and then once we got here, <clears throat> you know, we, we had a, a few other guys decided that maybe it's just time for them to, to hang it up. And, and that's fine, too. We never want to beg somebody to play. Um, but because of that, I mean, we finished the last two weeks with two corners and two safeties. Uh, we did have two other guys that were injured um, that didn't go through practice, you know, the spring back there, but just real, real thin. So, you know, that, that's why we had to set up our scrimmages the way we did. It was just offense versus defense. And then you, you notice we ran a series, and then we take a TV timeout. Yeah. Then we run another series, take a TV timeout. That drives me crazy because I want to go. I want to have tempo. Um, but yeah, you know, Coach, yeah, we, yeah, we, let, we, let, let me interject. You had some nervous energy during the scrimmage during those timeouts, by the way. <laughs> As I was on the yeah, sidelines, we, I was like, well, Coach really don't like having to take time out there. <laughs> Even during TV games, sometimes I'm fussing at the officials. Like, can we speed this up some? We got to go. You know? but, uh, <laughs> no, I mean, so yeah, you, to answer your question, I mean, we, we've got to find you know, some players at those positions in the secondary um, and add some depth. So we're, we're looking for about five or six defensive backs moving forward. Coach, we'll wrap it up with this. You know, spring is now in the books. Obviously, you'll have fall camp when all the guys will be able to report later in the summer. But what's going to be the big objective for you and your staff besides recruiting and adding to the roster? What are some of the other things that you guys are going to be working on during this downtime where you don't have the communication and with, with your kids? Well, I think the most important thing is continuing to develop the culture. Um, you know, we we've uh, we come in here and we we got our expectations and they're they're clearly um, explained to the, the team and we've got our standards we're gonna hold each other accountable to, but um, you, you just can't you just can't say that and expect it to be done. So, um, you know, weekly right now I meet with a, a group of leaders and uh, we we're actually going through lesson plans and then I put them in scenarios and ask them how they deal that scenario. Um, you know, I just you know that that's one thing I heard again and again and again and from the team is that you know they just felt like we didn't have an identity we didn't have um you know a, a culture that was established so um you know we spent a lot of time with that and we will each and every day moving forward it's just like any other organization or any other successful uh program you know if, if you got a, a great culture and the foundation's been laid then it's easy to start you know having success but without that you're just not going to be very successful so that's that's probably our biggest challenge outside of recruiting 
I'll get one more with you, Coach, and then I'll let you go so you can relax and try to enjoy your Monday after spring football. <laughs> uh, we, 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 we had some fun after the spring game with our, 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 our buddy uh, Jim Gozzolo. He asked you a question, and you just gave him that classic already. You've only been on the job for a few months, and you already gave him that. Jim, why did you ask me that question kind of uh, response? Uh, so, uh, by the way, I'm not even asking a question here, Coach. I'm just applauding you for, for giving our buddy Jim Gozzolo a little hell because we love him. We love him. I'm doing a, I'm doing a show with Jim later today, so I'm sure that'll come back up. But uh, a real, real quick story about Jim. I think after the first scrimmage, we had a group of uh, you know families and some uh, supporters, and they were kind of cheering us a little bit, saying, "Hey, coach, we're so excited! They practice looked great." And I'm kind of chuckling because I'm like, "That's that's kind of cool moment." And you know, Jim leans over and goes, "Coach, they love you right now. Wait till you lose a game." And I'm sort of dying laughing. I go, "Jim." Will you let me enjoy at least two seconds of this? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. oh, Jim can't help himself. Can't, no, yeah, you have to do me a favor, Coach. When you when you tape your segment with him today, you have to make sure. Like, look, uh, I've been told that uh, we need to refer to you as the Great Gazzolo moving forward, um, and I'm sure <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm sure he'll love that, Coach. Appreciate your time, brother. Uh, congratulations again. The first spring in the book. Best of luck to keep filling up that roster, getting those guys. I know people are excited about the new era of Minique's football. It's a great town, a great football town. So best of luck this summer, and we'll be in touch, brother. Right. Thank you so much. Have a great day. That's McNeese head football coach Gary Goff joining us. It, it was great. I'm, I'm not going to lie. So we're there. We're wrapping up the, the post game. So we talked to all the players first, and it's me. I'm over there, and and Jim's over there, and TV, uh, KLPC is, is there, and, and Rick's over there as well. And so – Jim, I don't even remember what the question was, but he asked a question about something, and you just saw God. You started laughing. You go, oh, Jim, like it's already begun. I think about the playmakers <laughs> or something. I'm because I went through and every single question y'all asked in y'all's post game post interview, I made a clip for each of them, and I think it was about the playmakers. I think or so. something or like yeah. the offense. It's one of the two. Some of the offense or oh no no it was it was about moving Walker Wood. Is does it, does that mean you're moving Walker Wood to wide receiver? Yeah, that's what it was. That's what it was. And and Golf's just like, oh no, <laughs> he just shook his head. No, oh Jim, Gazzola's <laughs> old school man. He's an old school sports journalist. He's going to ask the tough questions as he should, as he should. That's why he's got respect. Mm-hmm. We got I'm to- waiting on my response of your smack talking this week. <laughs> he's probably geared up to tape his show. Oh, while we have a few minutes here before we have to take our time out. Just want to let you know about my friends over at QC Kinetics. That's right. Get lasting joint relief pain without surgery, without drugs, and without downtime. New options are now available right here. Regenerative treatments at QC Kinetics. Hey, I'm Raymond Parts III here talking about biologic therapies. This is the most exciting medical development in years. These remarkable regenerative treatments actually encourage your own body to help heal the damaged tissue in your joints. Pro athletes have done this for years. Now it's available for folks like us. If you've been struggling with knee, back, shoulder, or hip pain, arthritis pain of any kind, you need to check out this exciting natural alternative with incredible patient satisfaction reports. Biological therapies at QC Kinetics. Effective treatments for chronic joint pain with no drugs and no surgery. Call for a free consultation now. Learn about all the regenerative options available to help you get pain-free. Call the local professionals at QC Kinetics. Call right now, 337 243 
243-4222. That's 243-4222-243-4222. We'll wrap up today's RP3 and Company, get you set up for Kevin Foote and Footnotes. That's all next right here on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Oh, the world-famous Angola Prison Rodeo is coming back in the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles has your free tickets. That's right. Text Angola to 68683. That's Angola to 686. I'm sorry. I got so excited about the rodeo, I missed missed the number. Can Can I redo that? Am I allowed? Okay, I'm sorry. Text Angola to 68683. That's Angola to 68683. That's right. The Angola Prison Rodeo returns April 23rd and the 24th. That's just in a few weeks, guys. And you can see all the excitement. Bull riding, wild horse racing, convict poker, and more. Text Angola to 68683 for your chance to watch the world-famous Angola Prison Rodeo, courtesy of Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. While we finalize the poll question of the day, I want to take a moment to thank our guest, Jeff Palermo from Tiger Rack Radio, Jay Walker, longtime voice of the Raging Cajuns, and of course, McNeese head football coach, Gary Goff, for joining us as well. Like him, he's already given hell to our buddy Jim Gazzolo. I'm here for it. Final results of the poll question of the day. It is help RP3 and company with their dance break song of the week, winning the vote for this week. 43% goes to Keith Frank's Casanova. Oh, oh, yes. That's what we're going to be dancing to this week. Our impromptu dance breaks will be featuring Keith Frank, Casanova. That's right. Thank you for all who voted on that on our poll question of the day. Good show. Good way to start off the week here. We'll try to even be better tomorrow, though when we return six to nine for the intern extraordinaire soon to be college graduate extraordinaire becca the producer extraordinaire hannah five names i'm raymond parts the third i'm not extraordinary at anything i just host a show better known as rp3 we'll do it all again tomorrow six to nine but until then be safe out there be kind to one another kevin foot doja cat number one fan in acadiana is up next with footnotes right here on the game 1037 lafayette 1041 lake charles southwest louisiana sports station